0: What's up folks, David Soto Jr. here, and this is the David Soto Jr. Podcast. What's up folks, welcome to episode 59 of the David Soto Jr. Podcast. I am your host, David Soto Jr. Uh, Today, something that's kind of been on my mind for a while, and then last night or the past few weeks um, last night especially and I talked to uh, you know who uh, if you don't know I referred to my beautiful wife as you know who for some real uh, reasons that we'll go into eventually um, but it it was what I referred to her as all those years that we were apart because I didn't want to say her name. Now, I just use it as a... Jokingly. Like, I've called her You-Know-Who for so long. She's You-Know-Who on my phone. And I've just kind of... it made it like a character. So, You-Know-Who is my wife. Uh, her name is Trisha. And Trisha Soto. So... But I'm, I'm not not saying her name for any other reason then it's kind of like an ongoing joke now. Anyways, you know who and I talked last night about some stuff after watching The Handmaid's Tale um, the most recent episode and I started to notice this uh, similarities with The Handmaid's Tale and immigration and what's going on with immigration in the United States. I started to notice this last season, and I put out like a tweet or a comment out on it on Facebook, where the Handmaid's Tale was so good that the whole United States, it seemed like, uh, watched it and cheered on um, the woman. I forget her name. Not June, the main character, but well, what what June did was give her daughter. To um, a someone she trusts, I believe her name is Emily, and she gave her daughter to Emily, and said, "Go, take her, be free, get my daughter out of here." She made a decision to separate her child from her. June made the decision to entrust somebody to get her child to safety, and what happened? In that episode, I I haven't rewatched it, and it's been over a year, I guess. But that um, woman ran into some trouble. There was some danger, and next thing you know, she's she's fording a river, right, with a baby in her hand. And I kind of feel like while this is going on. Uh, if, you, if this was to be like regular network TV, everybody in the country would be watching it at, at the same time. Um, but I had that feeling that, you know, even though, you know, who and I was randomly watching it at a, whatever time we, we came across it, and on whatever day it was, we weren't watching it as... as uh, uh, It's not like a Who Shot JR moment, right? Where the whole country watched that episode at the same time. But it kind of felt like that. It kind of felt like everybody was watching this episode at the same time. And they were all cheering for this woman. They were all cheering for this woman to get across that river into a safe country with a baby. With a child. Who's not her child but with a child whose mother entrusted her with. Um, and I, it kind of felt like everybody was cheering, yay. And then she made it and she got a got across and she said that she was a US citizen and she was seeking asylum. And everybody's like, yay, yay, yay for this woman. She brought this child into this country and now she's all safe. This is great. But if you don't, and so my mind goes to, uh, this happens every day. And as a country, in the United States, we don't cheer these people on. Um... We don't root for them. We look at them like they're crazy. What are you doing? Why do you come here? Why are you putting your child in danger? Blah, 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 blah. But when we watch it on TV or Hulu or whatever, we cheer and we we clap and like, oh my God, she's safe now. That baby's safe. Thank God she made it. But when it happens in real life, we don't think that. When it happens in real life, we think, uh some we think like go back to your own country while you're doing like i already said this okay my point is that what is the difference is the difference because this woman on tv is white had she been uh, an indigenous looking person right had she been brown Would everybody be cheering and hoping that she makes it across to a country where she and her and this child feel safe, or would they send her away? Would they put a bunch of rules in place so that she could not come into the country? So, this is what I think about. This is what I thought about when that episode aired. Uh, over a year ago, or however long ago that was. I'm trying to drink my coffee quietly. And, I kind of started getting that feeling again in most recent episodes. And, then last night, it really hit me, um sometimes I have thoughts I don't formulate them or they take a while for me to vocalize but everything that you see on Handmaid's Tale right now that you think is horrendous and then you think relief when they get to Canada and they reach safety like if you take that border and move it down one country that's what's happening in the United States and Mexico but on this border down here Uh Uh-uh, don't come into our country. We don't want you. Uh, We know. But if it was the other border, if it was us, right, United States citizens fleeing oppression and going to Canada... That would be okay. We'd cheer for it on TV and we'd hope that people make it across. But if you slide that border down one country, no, you can't come in. And I just wanna I just wonder is it because of the people's skin color? Is it because the people don't speak English? Well, Uh, in most cases let's admit that they're speaking Spanish Um, it's it's just a little frustrating to see something being portrayed on TV and everybody is in support of of, of June getting to Canada and saving the, and the, the the daughter and blah, blah, blah. All of these things. Everybody's so in favor of that and so relieved. But when it's happening in real life, we're not sharing. We're not hoping they make it. We're not even helping them. In fact, we're making it harder for these people to get help. And that's what these people, that's what these people, Uh, People Seeking Asylum, which by definition is refugees. That's what these refugees are are wanting, is a safe place to travel to. And they see that our country is this safe place. Um, They're not here to freeload. You can't call uh, Latinos freeloaders and also associate them with the hardest working people you've ever seen. uh-oh, I hear baby. I hear a baby. And, and that's the thing. People will, as soon as they work with, let's just say, as soon as people work with Latinos, they're like, man, these guys work hard, or they work hard. I say these guys because mostly I'm talking about people who work in the trades and um hire uh, roofers or other tradesmen aveniles right um man these guys work hard in my life i've seen people because i'm mexican-american i've seen people that say hey i actually work with some mexicans and man they work hard right it's not it's not, uh, I'm not making this up. It's not something that is a hidden fact. Everybody knows that Latinos work hard, that they're hard-ass workers, and they get shit done. And also, they do jobs that us as United States citizens don't <laughs> want to do. They'll do it. Well, you want to pay them $8 an hour? They'll do it. Because it's more money than they than they can make in their own country. And they can live cheaply and and send money home to their children so they can buy groceries. Um, I don't have very good notes today, so if I get off track, I apologize. But this is something that I just keep thinking about and thinking about. And, and, and it's on my mind. I don't know if I have a point. Um, my point I was trying to make is you cannot say that Latinos are 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 hardworking and then turn around and say that they're uh, freeloaders it, 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 pick one you can't say both you can't say that they're one or the other and what's happening is these people want to work um you just want to talk about lazy people they exist um it doesn't matter they're not coming not lazy people aren't coming from coming from uh, a different country or lazy people aren't associated with any any color there's just some lazy people now <clears throat> you give their skin a color uh, uh darker than than then then golden brown and then that's a negative right you get somebody with dark skin and they're lazy oh well now they have two negatives you see them differently but if they're just lazy oh that that guy's lazy if they're just brown oh that guy's brown but if they're brown and lazy then they're kind of you classify them as you associate them with that color of skin right Oh, those people. Well, I'm saying I'm saying it again. It's like you can't. Uh, th- there are a few people that may be lazy, and not want to work. Shit, I'm one of them. I don't want to work. Actually, I take that back. I'm actually quite enjoying working my butt off. Um, with my new job. But I. Uh, don't want to get off track. My point is this: is we fear that all oh, a bunch of la- lazy people are coming to this country, and they're going all they want to do is freeload. Uh, that's not the case. These people want to come to work, and they want to work the jobs that you don't want to work. Which leads me to a topic. I guess I can blend these together. Is like we're like people think that we are in a labor deficit. Right, we don't have a we we don't have enough people to work all these jobs that we have. And there's help wanted signs all over the place and and it's it's such a bad situation that we have more jobs than people who want to do it. And the thing is is that they're blaming uh social benefits, right? There's they're, they're blaming stimulus checks and they're blaming The extra additional unemployment money. And I got to tell you. If I could get paid more money. By filing for some paperwork and collecting unemployment. Than I would at work. I wouldn't go to work either. I would collect my money. And uh, work on my yard. Trim trees and kill weeds and shit and build walls, rock climbing walls for my kids. If you're going to give me money that pays me more than I work, than where I work, I- I'm going to take that. And so would you. Um, here's the situation. The, re- the reality of it is that if unemployment pays you more than where you work, where you work does not pay you a livable wage. Right. Unemployment itself is not a livable wage. Uh but th- that's not my point. My point is that there are th- there aren't a lot of people not going to work because unemployment pays them better. And that's why we have this deficit of 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 the labor force and this abundance of jobs. I think maybe I could have looked into it, but I'd rather just tell you what I think. I think the reason we have an abundance of jobs is because uh, available and no one to fill them isn't because people are lazy. Unemployment is actually pretty low right now. Uh, The state of Missouri has unemployment of 4%. That's pretty dang low. Um, And the number of people collecting these unemployment benefits is 50,000. Now, how many jobs are available? Uh, probably a lot and they're all <clears throat> jobs that pay probably pay less than people are collecting unemployment or equivalent to or not that much more they're all jobs that are basically going to pay minimum wage that nobody wants to work for who the fuck wants to work for minimum wage whatever it is, I don't even know what it is would you work for minimum wage? unskilled uneducated labor force you, you, you just because they are so just because they are unskilled and un, and uneducated do you think you can get away with paying them shit we're talking other Americans, United States citizens don't want to go to work for shit pay can you blame them? now You know who will take those jobs? In fact, I just saw on the news that there are uh, camps, right? Pe- so apparently these, these summer camps make the most of their money uh, duh, during the summer. And they need the temporary labor force to come in and work so that they can run their camps, make enough money to sustain themselves for the rest of the year and keep staying in business until next summer. These camps are low on uh, uh, labor, and they can't get the jobs filled because of immigration. Typically, they have people from other countries come in on work visas and come in and work during the summer. But because of the immigration laws have changed, especially because of COVID, which was a opportunity to make the immigration laws harder and tougher and to close down our borders uh, disguised as for the safety of our country. Um, But what that had an impact on is even the the, the nice uh, white immigrants with money can't even come in and work for the summer. And I think that that's probably what's going on with our our labor force now is that uh, these hundreds of thousands of people that come to the country to work aren't being allowed in. And there's our labor force. Who's going to pick your lettuce? If we don't let these people into the country, who's going to pick your lettuce? Who's going to pick your carrots? Um... Which, by the way, agriculture has no labor laws. Did you know that? And so, they can pay whatever they want to pay. They can hire whoever they want to hire. They can... There's no rules for agriculture. That's why a lot of uh, Latinos end up working there in the fields. Uh... And because also there's no... Because in labor laws, there's no child restrictions. So children can work there. um, Picking. And a lot of children do. And a lot of children spend their summers working in the fields uh, to help support their family. But I guess my point is, and that's why I like talking out loud about stuff like this, is we have... A labor force issue is it a coincidence that we've also closed off our borders and that all these jobs are available and it's hurting uh, uh, there's help wanted signs in every by the way there's help wanted signs in every store of uh, a front When a few years ago when I lived in uh, out of my van and, and I spent a lot of time in Boulder Boulder Colorado had so much Uh, job vacancies in all of these businesses and there wasn't enough labor for it. Uh, The reason why there wasn't enough labor, uh, because people couldn't afford to live there. So, it really says a lot. Like, you take all these unskilled jobs that anyone can do, um, and don't pay very much, that nobody wants to do them. And then there's you question why there's availability, why they don't get filled, especially in a place where it's hard to afford to live there. So Boulder was so unaffordable, rent, it was ridiculous, everything. Cost of living was way high, that there's no way that somebody could live in Boulder and work a job as a busser or a as a dishwasher, or as even a cashier, uh, a a waitress. I could not see people, I did not see people who worked in Boulder and also lived in Boulder. And if they did, they lived in a a two-bedroom apartment with four people, mind you there were people sharing rooms. And when I observed this, it made me feel, made me think of uh, Latinx people coming to work in this country. And, and the joke is like, oh my God, there's a hundred of them living in one house, blah, blah, blah. This was happening to white people in Boulder, Colorado. That's the same thing. They're living cheaply so that they can uh, in this case, so that they can be someplace where they can rock climb and 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 ski or live someplace beautiful, whereas the Latino immigrants come to this country and live cheaply and live to uh, tend to a, a house or whatever the case is, so that not not because of the great views and the mountain air, but because they can they they can make more money and send home to their families Uh, I got off my point was that there's a labor shortage has been in the United States and now that it's spread like it was the labor shortage was there in tiny sectors and now that's spread throughout the entire country is it coincidentally have anything to do with the, our borders being shut down and all these people who come to work uh, aren't being let uh, let into the country uh, pff, anyways I wanted to keep this, I, I honestly thought I didn't have enough information to talk and here I am over my 20 minute limit which I like 20 minutes episodes um, but I just have a hard time the past couple times um keeping them down to 20 minutes and here I am at 24 25 minutes so I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to him uh, give me a reason to uh, broadcast and and talk about things uh, I'm really I am distracted I have really bad ADD and so I'm distracted with my monitor and I can't seem to get back to where I was Anyways, folks, my name is David Soto Jr. I appreciate you tuning in. I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at David E. Soto Jr. And I can be found on Twitter at David E. Soto Jr. And you can find me on um, Amazon. And you know, I have a website and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But again sorry i get distracted here something wasn't working and then all my attention went towards it i appreciate you tuning in thanks a lot folks